Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. We're at number 20 today. Can you believe it? 30 odd days now we've been doing these podcasts with you, getting you through your preseason. I hope you've been enjoying these as well as the articles at coachespanel.tv. Joining me on this episode to chat about one of his favorites, Kane's on. We're talking about the Claret, Clayton Oliver, mate. I mentioned his name and you smile. You're a big fan of him. Oh, how can you not be a big fan, MJ? He's um, he's a very special player. It, it's funny because his name comes up so much, especially yeah. when we talk about young players and we yes. talk about, you know, transitioning from your first year to your second year. What's that sort of growth like? And, you know, he's always named, you know, with the McCrae's, with the Fife's as one of those guys that by his second season, um, he was a player. He was a he was serious a player. Um, but I think what's so incredible about him is he's been a player since. Like hasn't dropped. It's 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 phenomenal that he's 24 years of age as we record yeah. this podcast, and and when you adjust the, you know, the averages due to that 2020 season, he's got a low of 101, and a high more or less of about 112, 113 in DT. Yeah, and then he's got, if not for one season in 2019 where he averaged an abysmal 109, <laughs> um, he he's he's got averages of 111 114 122 and 123 as well super like, coach, yeah like we always say it is so hard to back up a 110 like if you're averaging 110 like you are one of the best players in the competition no question it doesn't matter the format and we haven't even got to the fact that and we'll just sum it up right now he hasn't missed a game in five seasons perfect like, durability perfect how, how do you win that much contested footy and not cop a knock, not cop an elbow to the eye, not, not miss a game because you're sore, nothing. And yet we just sit there every year. And I think we all have this thought. We get to the end of the year, yep. you know, we're looking through the numbers, we're seeing, okay, that was the top of this line. Oh, these guys finish fast. And we go, how did I not have Clayton Oliver in my team? I, I saw this last year. I should have put him in. And then it comes to this time of year, MJ. And I feel like when we do this podcast again mm-hmm. and we look at his numbers and we go, oh, but is there enough meat on the bone? Is, is, mm, he, is, your captain? is he gonna be no. yeah, is he gonna be in that top tier? Mm. And I think I think we're gonna have the same case again where a large number of people mm-hmm. are gonna overlook him for those reasons. Sure. They're gonna take a guy that's we'll high because he had a yeah. better season. They're gonna say this guy's undervalued. And I think sometimes we just forget that. The name of the game is points. And Who can he give you the most points across the season? Beast. At and, that. That, and, that, and that's all he does. Like, he, all he does if, is score points, man. Let's look through some of those numbers, man. Yeah, like the top score last year of a 155 against the Crows in fantasy and dream team, a 204 against the Crows. Neither of those, those are career highest scores, though. It's a 161 against the Suns in 2019 and a 205 against the Crows. Yep. The past couple of times he's played Adelaide. He loves to beat on them. If you're curious when he plays them, round 16, just keep that in mind. Um, a 108.6 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team is his average. 123.4 in Supercoach. In that format, 672,000. Just over 910,000 in AFL Fantasy and just a touch of a 925,000 in Dream Team. He's elite at, it feels like everything. 
Inside 50s, tackles, contested possessions, effective disposals, clearances, centre clearances, stoppages, score involvements. He's top 10 in all of these per game across the competition. All of them. That's how good Clayton Oliver is. Now, part of that, yes, is impacted by how good of a season Melbourne had last year. But you don't have that Melbourne season without Clayton Oliver. Let's look at his fantasy numbers that I know you've kind of alluded to, Kane, over, over the past little while. Last year in Dream Team and Fantasy, he had 15 scores of 100 or more. He had eight scores of 120 plus. He had one score of 140 plus, And he just had four scores under 90 all year. And actually only one that went under 80. We'll talk about that tag game soon. Pre-buy, what did he average? 110. Post-buy, what did he average? 106. And then for those that aren't sure if he's a captaincy option in this format, when he scores a ton, his average score is 119. That's captaincy consideration right there. Ranked 11th for total points in Dream Team and Fantasy and 15th for averages. Let's look at what he did in Supercoach for us, and then I'll keen on your take. In Supercoach, 17 tons. 17 tons. Only twice did he go under 90 all year. 11 times he went over 120. 11. Five times he went over 140, including that 200 game against the Crows. Pre-buy, what did he do? 123. In the nine games after the buy, what did he do? 123, including a lightning-impacted game, by the way. And when he did score a ton, what was his average in Supercoach? 133. Ranked third for total points, just 60 points off Jack Steele, and ranked fourth for averages. You said it beautifully before, mate. Every year, we find a way to discount Clayton Oliver in our starting squads. Every year we get through this season and go, oh, he's so expensive, I just can't afford him. And then we sit down in September and renew and review the year. We sit here in January and go, he's so good. How do I get him? And then we find a narrative and Clary just does it again and again and again. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, MJ. He just keeps doing it and people just keep looking elsewhere. I don't really know what else we can say other than perfect durability. Yep, perfect He went through years. the scores. The ceiling's big. Both past two years, really. He's he's gone from Mr. 100 to 115 across the formats to he's now captaincy ceiling territory. Yeah. And again, clearly that helps when you're winning games. But again, you look back to last year, he did a 122 as well when Melbourne weren't as good. Now, I think that the weapon that, you know, he has along with Petrarca that not a lot of clubs have, there's probably only a couple in the competition, is he has silver service. He's got Max Gorn. He's got Luke Luke Jackson. Jackson there. Like really, along with Nick Nat, in terms of the pure hit-out-to-advantage. Oh, like, again, amazing. Grundy's a different type of Ruckman. Yeah, again, he can do that, but when you think about, like, tap work, setting up your teammates, setting up the midfielders, like, you've got a guy that's a contested beast. Andy's getting first use. Yeah. Andy knows where the ball's going more that's often amazing. than not. Like, that's why this consistency is so hard, is because... It's very hard to stop that. Now, he did have a couple of tag games, notably against the Giants. Yes. Um, he was shut down for large portions of that game, DeBoer especially that round three game. If you think DeBoer had him dead to rights before DeBoer got injured. And it yeah. wasn't until DeBoer went off 
that he started to score. Of, but he salvaged that 80 and DT and, and the high 60s in Supercoach. So that could have been that could have been an absolute that could horrendous have been score. 50s that game, yeah. Yeah. So you think, okay, you got Petrarca there. Now, if that's you want a match one. winner, you know, there's a couple of match winners in the league, clearly, but if you want a real key match winner that's in the peak of his powers, He's you know, where do where do you send the tagger too, and again, there's not many teams that are using taggers at the moment. But if you even do, GWS slowed a little bit as the year went on, like it was Ash more than DeBoer as the year went on. Yeah, and the hard thing is with these guys is you know, think about Petrarca first, who we chatted about MJ as well, is like very hard matchup forward. Difficult. You know, Clayton Oliver himself is you know 187 centimeters, you know, Strong, nearly 90 kilos. Fast. Like it's it's not a guy that is easy to push around, especially as I said when. You know, you've gotten it. You've probably got an inferior ruckman, so yeah. it's really hard to get aggressive. You know, you, you're already chasing. Yeah. You're, you're already chasing the game a little bit. So, for mine, again, it's going to come down to in DT. Do you really like the big big boys? Do you just think no? Steel, Oliver's McRae, at one ten. Miller. Oliver's at one ten. I need to get to the one twenty guys. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Again, I think there's arguments for all those guys. I think Oliver's going to get what you pay for and understand that in a lot of these formats, get what you pay for. If it's not the top, top, it isn't enough. Correct. You need at least a little bit of value. So I get that for DT. I know in AF, he pretty much won't be touched. Yes. DT, unlikely to be touched. Super coach. He is in that realm. He He is. He is the top dog in top dog He is the top dog with those other big mids. Yeah. And I think now with what he has going for him and the durability with the team, with the role, mm-hmm. um, you're going to get what you pay for again. You're going to get a top five. Um, he's just that good. So he's I think that good. He's if you, perfect if you want durability. to start him, yeah. Perfect durability. Basement is as good as any of our top line premiums. In Supercoach, his ceiling is almost better than some of those guys that we've counted. He's a part of that 200 club and he's done it multiple times. Whereas some of these other players of the Steel Miller, Mitchell McRae's that we talk about, they don't have the ceiling of him. So, so he's comparable, if not better in ceiling than that. So he's got a good baseman. He's got a good ceiling in super coach and it's a, and it's respectable ceiling in dream team and fantasy. And there is a world at that price point where Especially maybe let's talk about Dream Team and Fantasy. Because Supercoach, I just look and I go, if you don't start him, good luck catching him. You, you need a DeBoer-esque tag or an in-game injury to slow him down. And, and they do have the Giants. I think it's about round five, round six. But Ash is the, is the name coming out of the club at the moment to play that negating role. And Ash is quick and he's fast. But at a clearance or at a stoppage, if I was a betting person, I would be putting everything on Clary, um, taking Ash in that moment. So I'm not too concerned about that. But let's look at Dream Team and Fantasy, where we've got these million-dollar players in the formats. For 100000 or so cheaper, he might just be enough to go, I'll get him, I'll bank on a guy rising. This is not the Josh Kelly advocacy train, but he's using him as an example. He can go 115, and I'm going to just save that little bit of value to stock up a little deeper on the midfield. So instead of running a yo, crouch, rowl at M5, 
I'm just going to skimp on my M2 or I'm going to skimp on my M1. And instead of a Steele and Miller, I'm going to go McRae, Oliver, Brayshaw, a Kelly. And now I'm happier with the group, the less trades I might have to make. Um, that might be a way someone looks to go for them. Probably more dream team in fantasy though, than in that format. Yeah. And exactly. And, and again, he's very consistent and that's the thing, you know, and again, obviously steel and Miller are too. That's why they're priced at what they are, but you know, it, a, a poor game on their, at their value is very different to his. It's yeah. very different to his. And again, if you're looking, you're looking for very fine margins of improvement, you know, as you said, can I scape, scrape some money here to use it there to get the squad feeling better? That's the thing that you've got to always weigh up and it gets really, really tricky. And, and Steele and Miller, at their price tag, if they drop a 60, Early. now all of a sudden, you know, maybe they can be, you know, affordable is a hard word at their price tag, but maybe they can be someone you can actually target. Attain. Yeah. Now, now, clearly those guys can go 130, 140. And take a year away that, from you. No yeah, and, and, but so can Clary. Clary can go 120s for a, a patch of time. Yep. Uh, I think the thing that you like about him at that price is you think, you're getting 22 games. Yep. You're getting 110. Low scoring uh, deviation. Yeah, and, and you feel you feel pretty comfortable that he'll be there for the whole year. Yep. As, as I said, I, I think like other years in the DT and AFL Fantasy MJ, people will find other players yep. they like and that's better. Fine. And there's and there's good enough reasons to do that. I agree. Yeah, and it's a deep line. You know, we if you're ranking midfielders in any sort of draft content, you know that. That sort of group outside of the top four, I feel like where people are pretty confident with the top four. Yep. Um, you know, you can have Clary at five. Some people have Clary at 16, 17. Like that's just what that's the line the is like. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of comp. There's a lot of guys that are rising. There's some people sure. that can bounce back. So um, he'll be around the mark. He'll be absolutely yeah. around the mark. In super and I coach, think, I think you just, for me, it's just. Pointy end. Yeah. Start just go away in that format for me he just feels like the kind of guy you're going to pay for what you're going to get he's not going to drop away you know, he's not going you'd to sort of feel better wouldn't you mj with in, in super coach going wouldn't actually mind if i had pick six pick seven in a draft yeah yeah because you start going you start going i don't want to have to choose between steel mccray miller you know oliver like maybe i just sit I'll back here pick and the go, back of the pile yeah i'll have i'll have whatever that i'll take the crumbs from the table just, and yeah, all and then be I'll good circle crumbs. back and I'll circle back. So, um, you know, if you've got a league where you get to choose your spot, I think you start getting there in Supercoach and you're going, I don't see much of an advantage having one or having six. No. Like I just, I think they're all pretty similar. I think in DT, uh, if we do transition to the draft stuff, MJ, sure. I think, you know, if we, if I, it's, I try to not do range because I know everyone's got different league yeah, settings and all those type yeah. of things. But I think for an Oliver, in all reality, in DT, He's around when you take out those big boys, you take out some of the other lines and it just sounds ridiculous to say, but he's probably anywhere between 12 mm-hmm. and about 24. Like that's, yeah. that's sort of the range where, where people will go, you know, there's some other big dog mids, you know, I especially, guys like, forward, well, especially when you mentioned like there's, there's, let's just say the four that are ahead of him that people We'll take ahead of him is sure. McRae, Steele, Miller, Mitchell. Yes, I think that's now all of a sudden you start getting to the guys like, okay, I think Brayshaw is rising. I think who would ever say that Walsh isn't rising? Yeah, I, I 
don't want to open up another can of worms and mention Josh Kelly, but I will. <laughs> Josh Kelly bouncing back. So there's people that they'll pick yeah. over and Oliver. Not not everyone, but no. it only takes one person to do so. And then all of a sudden he slides down again. And again, you've mentioned the big dogs in the forward line. Yeah. You just added a big dog the other day. Personally, I know you went into the ultimate footy, added Rowan Marshall and yourself. <laughs> thank, thank ultimate footy for how good that was. But no, like, there's guys in these lines, you know, yeah. you start getting into the rocks. People get scared in the rocks. Yeah, like, oh do. my God, outside of these top three, I need one, I need one. Yeah, they so do. all of a sudden. You're in the late second you, and I, he's I there. Think, I, th- I yeah. think you might see a 20 at the start of when Oliver is off the board, which sounds outrageous. Mind boggling. But it, it does it's show so how even the line is. It does show how even the line is. Um, but he's just not going to disappoint you. So I think no. if you... If you've got anywhere from pick 12 to 24, um, he's in that window again yep. in draft. Oh, I always think happy to have the guy that's always on the field. Don't know how, as much as we love Kelly's upside, it'd be yeah. hard in my mind to pick an Oliver. So yep. to pick a Kelly over an Oliver just I because agree. of durability. But yep. MJ, again, that midfield line, there's always people coming and going. Someone it's, pops. It's pretty volatile, but it does seem that whatever happens around him, Oliver's in that point here. He's always there. You? Yeah, I think for me, you can grab him as an M1 um, in that second round um, and lock away a position elsewhere. Or you can grab him as an M2 if, if you love to draft heavy and mids. Um, go and lock away one of the, you know, potentially. There, I see it, definitely see a drafting world in Ultimate Footy or Dream Team or Fantasy, depending on the, the format you draft in and those scoring platforms. I see a world where if you've got a top five pick, you could legitimately land one of those big midfielders and have a little bit of luck turn towards you and you land Clary at M2, which would be a magnificent start. Yes, you're letting go of the top-end defenders. Yes, you're letting go of the top-end forwards. But if someone said to me, hey, your draft, your first two picks, you're able to pick up McRae and Oliver. How are you feeling your draft's going? I'm sitting back thinking, give me the cup now. Like that's how good a realm it could be because legitimately... There is a case for to be built that he's a top 10 midfielder in that format as well, comfortably. And so if you get a top 10 mid and not have to pay a top 10 price for it as a midfielder, you're loving it. He's a gun. For super coach, I'm a big advocate for him. I, I think, just to go back to salary caps for half a second before we wrap up the episode, I think this um, with Clayton Oliver. If you look at his scoring, you look at his durability, and you look at what he's done, I don't see a discussion how you go, I'm going to upgrade to him because here's what will happen. You won't afford him. You won't be able to get to him. You're almost going to have to lose him or pay top dollar to go and bring him in. And so for me, yep, a tag could come, an injury could come. But for me, I look at that first five rounds, the fact he's playing the Western Bulldogs in round one. And by the way, in Supercoach, just for those that are curious, um, his last three that he played him last year, he went 139, 144, 139, if you include the grand final. So I'm going to keep banking on him doing scores like that in Supercoach to start the year strong. Um, for me, it's just an absolute lockety lock in, in that format. He's one of my top three mids in that format for the year um, and in Dream Team and Fantasy. He's going to be very, very good. Hey, Kane, appreciate your work today talking about one of your favourite players on this podcast episode. No worries, MJ. Thank you. 
Uh, if you want to go and check out the article on Clary or any of the other players, it's online for you now at coachespanel.tv. While you're there, you can subscribe to our Patreon supporter group. They're getting uh, exclusive content from the rest of the panel behind the scenes. There's groups, there's cash leagues, there's team reveals, there's some strategy stuff and a bunch of other things. You can go and check that out at coachespanel.tv for just a couple of months, a couple of bucks a month. You can get involved in that. So we're done with the 20s. We're done with the 30s and we're done with the 40s of the 50 most relevant. We hit the teens. And tomorrow, we hit one of the most polarizing players, I think, of 2022. He genuinely could topple what many feel is the untoppable top end and be the number one player in that line. There's large consensus in the fantasy community that there's a couple in the top end that cannot be un- unmoved. I think this guy could and has got the scoring history to back it the variable is it could all crumble very quickly who is this player that could be the best in his line and an absolute bust at a maximum price who is he i'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 most relevant